0: Some movies are highbrow, some movies are lowbrow. Welcome to Highbrow Lowbrow. I am Cooper Gagan,
1: And I'm Josh Kirschenbaum.
0: Each week we pick a theme and talk about two movies that fit that theme. One highbrow, one lowbrow. And this week the theme is shitty recording quality. I have... What? And technical difficulties that last
1: over an hour.
0: Yep. I have COVID. I finally got got I thought it was a God. I thought that I was the cure for COVID because I'd been around a strange amount of people without getting it, but I finally have it. And uh, so Yeah, I
1: thought you were just one of those people who couldn't get it, and that was just going to be, you know, you're, that was going to be like your superpower. All but right. uh, instead, here we are, and we're in our separate homes doing our best. Yep.
0: I flew too close to the sun, and uh, yeah, but uh, actually, our th- so that's that's why the... It, we're doing this from a Zoom call, so it doesn't sound as good as normal. Um, our theme so We're going to do our best. Yes. Yeah, so this week, our theme is BDSM. And on the highbrow side, we have secretary. And on the lowbrow side, we have 50 shades of gray. What is sexier than a sick man, two
1: sick men, one of whom is apparently in an active construction site? <laughs> right yeah that was the other thing is that this morning when we are set to record they're doing a bunch of like it's they're 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 like turned off our water and they're doing construction and all this. so if you if, I, will, I will edit out as much of the hammering as possible but if you hear it just just know how, just how hard we're working to bring you this content that you you desperately require this, so no complaining
0: this piping hot sexy content i oh, was spoiler alert secretary is a better movie than 50 shades of gray
1: 50 shades gray is a yeah. huge piece of shit <laughs> Okay, so here's my my uh my pipe and hot Fifty Shades take. Okay, uh, I think for about forty five to fifty minutes, it's actually kind of good. I think it's like obviously very silly and very like heightened, and it's like you know it's like a it's a it's it's erotica. It's like a bodice ripper, and that all that often reads as goofy. But I was kind of having fun with it, uh, and then like basically once they once they hit about the halfway point, it just becomes. Absolute trash like it t- takes such a nosedive for me like at, at first I'm like All right, I understand people tell me this movie super problematic but like so far in the opening it's like a little bad but like doesn't re- not, don't understand the backlash and then once you hit about the halfway point it's like oh oh I see this is this is more pretty hard to defend morally.
0: Yeah, I agree with that I'm not normally guy who looks out for who is like on the lookout for problematic stuff. But this movie is bad. Like he's a sexual predator. Like he's just actually he's just an abusive. He's an abuse. She's an abusive relationship with what's this something gray? What's his first name? Christian, Christian gray. gray. Um. Yeah. Because like I don't know. Even in because they even make this whole big long thing about how he has a contract where she agrees to all the things that she's gonna do, and they never she never signs it, and he continues this I know. whole relationship which is like the most just clear cut indicator that that is all bullshit. Cause
1: well, that's the thing. I think the movie starts out and it's kind of like sex positive. Like he's very upfront about what he likes. They're negotiating their boundaries, you know, it seems. And, and he's like, you know, look, I don't really want a relationship. This is the kind of relationship I do. And he's pretty straightforward about all that at first. Yeah. And that's cool. And then, yeah, that's all like being clear about your wants in a relationship. That's good. And honestly, you almost never see that shit in romantic movies ever. Yeah. People are usually such fucking idiots.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, being 100 um, percent ironclad inflexible in your every single like romantic want is uh, not the best.
1: <laughs> and the thing is, he even it, it's because so, like, he even like like, this is the only thing I do and I don't do relationships. And then he'll be like, oh, but let's do a date. It's like it, – it feels manipulative because it is because he's like giving her hope. Like clearly well, he's like playing with her expectations that she's going to be the one that fixes him or she just thinks that and, and they're both idiots. Well, no, it, it, There's no good interpretation.
0: It's like pretty classic abusive relationship behavior where he'll like – he'll kind of be bad and then he'll kind of love bomb her and do something that she like that she wants to kind of get her back on his side make her believe in him again and then so he can be bad again it's all just this
1: like swing back and forth right it feels like a, like he's running a con like he's yeah. running like a he's like a con man running like a complex inception operation like from the beginning yeah it doesn't feel like they're just like in a relationship and meeting each other and talking about who they are and getting to know each other it's just like step one he's like i'm going to manipulate you into this thing
0: and the dumbest part about that is that if he was, like, really into, I don't know, NS&M relationship... Although oh, this is with a big asterisk, because, like, I've never been in a BDSM relationship, and everything I know about it is from either, like, reading Savage Love, which is great, right? or, like, just, you know, like, general knowledge, but... um I feel like if he if this was the kind of like romantic relationship he was into, he would not be seeking out somebody who was a virgin and had literally no experience, because that would probably not be very gratifying for him.
1: Right? Is that like weirdly really that that to me was like the inflection point of the movie when she says that she's a virgin and his response is like, "Oh, where have you been all my life?" Yeah, like one super gross. Yep. And two, that's when it, cause before that you can at least make the argument that he's being very clear about what he wants in the relationship as much as it's, it's, it's inflexible and not very healthy for emotional connections. But then he's just like, Oh, you're special because you haven't had, specifically because you're like pure or whatever. And it's, it's just fucking gross is what it is. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this brings me to secretary. Um, the interesting thing is that secretary also, I mean, it, on the face of it, it also portrays like an abusive relationship because they are co-workers, he is her boss. but for some reason, it doesn't read to me as it really reads to me as like two people discovering a healthy re- relationship or forming a healthy relationship over a long period of time. I don't know it's we, I guess we should talk about why it's why these movies are different in the way that these relationships form
1: I, I agree and it's funny because I actually I, I did try do some reading on on both these movies and what some of the takes have been about why they are are not problematic. Um, I think there is a take on Secretary that, that has a problem, problematic elements to it, and we can get to that in a little bit. It has to kind of like the conflation of self-harm and BDSM harm. And I, I, oh, yeah, that's that true. That was my take, but it's worth talking about. But, but to your first point that why this one doesn't feel as problematic, part of it is that the power dynamics are way different here. You know, in Fifty Shades, it's a billionaire talking to a college student. On the other hand, it's a
0: billionaire talking to somebody who is not his employee. Like, he can't fire true. her.
1: Although he tries to hire her. He does try to hire her. Yeah, which is nuts. In and, and Secretary, there is obviously a, you know, boss uh, to employee relationship. And that is, that, I mean, that is something that has been predatory. The, I guess the other thing that makes it less, one thing that helps as a viewer is that you kind of realize that he's not. Like, like he didn't go into the his relationship with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, James Spader's character doesn't from step one being like I'm going to manipulate this person into a very specific sexual relationship that may only be gratifying gratifying to me. Yeah, like, they kind of figure it out. Yeah, they kind of figured out together. Is is sort of the point. And and even I think she makes the first. She if I remember correctly, she makes a lot of the first moves that eventually start. It started basically him being kind of like a, a just kind of a. The controlling boss and they kind of slowly wordlessly kind of negotiate that there's like a connection there. And she makes kind of the first steps, I think.
0: Yeah. And, um, and he does seem to be kind of trying to actively like suppress it the entire time. And also, uh, secretary is just like, so specifically a movie about two people who are unable to express their like inner thoughts and emotions and can yeah. only do it in this one specific way. So when they don't communicate with each other, it's like, that's what the movie is about. So I kind of, like, I forgive it more when they're unable to, like, articulate these emotions they're having.
1: Exactly. It's, it's the strange thing with Secretary, and, and I think there's a degree to which this could be problematic, where because we know these specific characters and because we know enough about their motivations and where they're coming from, wake makes it feel much less problematic. Whereas in, you know, if you describe the events of Secretary just like with left out some of that stuff and just sort of like, you know, gave it like a quick log line, you could be like, oh, that's very problematic. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of a speaks to the to the writing and the directing, the acting of the of that movie that it finds what is very kind of weirdly very wholesome by the end. Yeah. Of, of the movie. It
0: really is. And actually, so I know that you you mentioned somebody saying that conflating self harm with BDSM is probably it might be, be might be wrong. But there yeah. is the point where James Spader, he notices He just notices that she has tendencies towards, like, equating, like, pain with, you know, some sort of relief. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm kind of why he kind of locks in on her. And, like, that's why they start the relationship is when he asks, like, what's up with the bandwaves in the sewing kit? And, like, Mm -hmm. that is the difference between him and Christian Slater, wherever the fuck, Christian (laughs) Grey. Christian Grey. Is that he sees something of himself in her. He doesn't try to change her
1: into what he wants. Right. Exactly. I think... To speak to the, you know, because I, I, I do, I don't, I don't find secretary hugely problematic myself, but I do you want to at least, you know, kind of discuss those elements is one, you know, comparing self-harm and, you know, the, uh, um, and I guess masochism is the word I'm looking for, um, isn't, I mean, that's not like a one-to-one thing. I think, I don't believe that there is like a psychological, like people who are self-harming, you know, can you know it's like a one to one in terms of like you see it depicted on screen as both someone like hurting themselves mm-hmm. using quote marks here um but that's not really i think how that you know one is a kink and the other is sort of a mental not, not a mental illness but like a problem to be sorted out yeah um but i do think that while i while i understand the argument to me it was more about her finding a different like outlet in general like it wasn't necessarily that being hurt again quote marks by james spader you know like the just physical pain of the you know getting smacked or whatever that is was not really that was not like taking the place of the cutting it was rather that was something that was fulfilling for her and therefore she didn't feel the need to be cutting again that was at least my my read on it but i do understand that if other people would have a different one
0: yeah by that and also like honestly I think you can be, in a more general sense, just like this is a person who has a different relationship with pain than the average person. So like... Yeah. like You can see... I, I feel like it's... Even if it's not... I like I understand why it's not exactly the same
1: thing. It's certainly the same ballpark, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things that I think often reads better thematically in art form than perhaps reflects in real life. Yeah. But regardless, I do think it's a really empathetic depiction of... Someone who's going through self harm. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um. It's. I mean. It's a very empathetic movie in general. I think. And. And honestly, I. This is my second time seeing it. Watched it last week. The first. Time, I remember them not revealing that she was self harming until much later in the movie. So I was kind of surprised they really let off with that. Yeah. Um. Also, should we say what these movies are about? Um, like, I feel like it might help a little bit. Well, I mean, everyone knows Fifty Shades. You well, know, we, she's a college student. Yeah.
0: She's a college student. She subs in on an interview for her friend, which is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, why would you have your non-journalist friend perform an interview for you
1: because you were sick? Just reschedule it. And it's not like it's an interview with, like, oh, the, the athletic director, like a local college person. It's like you're interviewing a 27-year-old billionaire alum who's like probably you are never got to get a chance to talk to this guy again because he's a fucking billionaire and he has no time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it's for the alumni newsletter, so, like, who gives a shit? But, like, w- what are you doing? <laughs> um, so, yeah, she she does an interview for her friend of this guy, and he's like, oh, like, I'll, you're so cute. I want to, like, take you out to coffee because I'm rich. And then she goes with him,
1: and he's like, oh, yeah, I want to, like, beat the fuck out of you. And she's like, oh, my God. That's right, what happens? He starts <laughs> Yeah, he starts like, seduce, seduce her, using quote marks again. A lot of quote marks in this episode. Yeah. And eventually reveals he's super into BDSM and wants to get her into a very specific sort of dom sub relationship where she's sort of totally subservient to him and he has a whole playroom of of uh I don't know, of like just fucking battles and shit. It it he really treats him being into kinky sex as if he's fucking Batman. Like well, he's so like coy about it.
0: Yeah, he's also one of these guys who like it seems like being in S M is like his only personality trait. He's, like, does business, and this is the only other thing he does, which is a super boring person. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know. If you have, like, people who, like, make sex, like, the one thing they're into, it's like, I don't know, it's like making model trains the only thing you're into. It's very (laughs) boring. It doesn't matter what thing it is. If it's just one thing you're into, you're a boring-ass person.
1: It really is extraordinarily cringe the way he's so, like, He's so like proud of himself. He's constantly like sneering about like, oh, I'm so sexy. I do this weird sex. Like, but when you realize he is just basically talking about model trains, he just comes off as just like a just like a man baby. Yeah. <laughs> just exactly. like someone who couldn't grow up.
0: <clears throat> and then the other funny thing is that like from I read like kind of skimmed a couple articles or actual DOMs or dom dominate dominatrices. <laughs> yep. what, what what is the plural of dominatrix? Is it dominatrices? <laughs> is it like matrices? So yeah. Okay. Um uh, talked about Fifty Shades Grey. One of them, she was like, oh, the playroom is really cool. It's like nice, but it's like very basic. Apparently, it's like very, very basic on terms of like all the gear he has. Like, yeah, I got some like whips and shit, but I think there's much more intense things you can have.
1: Well, that was that was funny. I had a similar note, which was just that the playroom has a lot of stuff in that there's a lot of objects in there, but it's really only like there's three things. He has like 40 paddles, 40 whips, <laughs> 40 ties, 50 ties, 50 yeah. shades of gray. And like that's it. So it's really just sort of a very kind of vanilla limited thing that he just bought a lot of. Yeah. It's like if I told someone I was really into model trains and I had fifty copies of the same model train, is essentially what he's doing here.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's like, I am really into collecting every single like serial number of this one model train. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian Grace sucks. Yeah, and it,
1: it really does. And it's funny because, like I said, he starts out kind of fun and, and bad, but like in a you know, like in a very erotica kind of way, like oh, he's a bad boy, and then he just like is like a fucking child for the second half of this movie.
0: Yeah, and like he wants her to like live it in his little like he has like a little like servants quarters for her to live in, and he's like, I don't cuddle, but you have to like live here. I don't know. I just this movie's so this movie does feel like kind of like maybe damaging towards people who are actually into S and M. If in well, that,
1: yeah, that was a that was a huge conversation when the movie started to happen that like a lot of actual Kingsters and, and BDSM people were like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like we were
1: just Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, it's like probably a bunch of housewives got kind of like slapped on the butt that night and then were like, but they but the people who actually do this are evil. Like,
1: I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. Well that's I think what makes the movie especially horrible. In addition to all the stuff we talked about is it it has this belief that being into these into, into kinky second into BDSM, is like a result of like a brokenness inside yeah. of. Like, if the move, the second half of the movie really makes the point that Christian is into this stuff because he was, you know, like
0: well, he was like abused,
1: poorly, right? Yeah, and he has this like, and because he's. He, th- the movie basically says he's messed up, and because he's messed up, he's into this stuff. And I think that's, like, a really harmful... It it's, like, ends up being extraordinarily sex negative. Yeah. And, like, I, I haven't read the other two books or re- seen the other two movies, but it kind of feels like it, the arc is going to be, like, Anastasia's purity, pureness, like, saving him from his messed-up kinkiness. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't go that way, but Jesus Christ, guys. I mean, we're
0: going to have to record two more episodes on this, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, because like the very end of it, she's like, "Okay, I want to do what you want." She was she just gets like slapped by him or something. Oh, she he like he like wh- he kind of crops her or whatever. It's like pretty
1: light, right? Oh no, he paddles right. Her. He hits her like he hits her like six times with like a paddle. Oh yeah yeah uh, yeah or yeah or or his belt or it's like something that's like very it's not much of an escalation from anything they've done before. Right, and she's like so messed up by it. And it's honestly, like, really uncomfortable. Like, yeah, the entire and it, scene is pretty gross. And she
0: basically, just like, tells him he's a monster. And I'm like, well, honestly, like, I was on board with you calling him a monster. Except for not the one time you give him permission to do something. <laughs> like, that's the one time when he was actually acting like ethically was when you said okay you can do this thing and then he did the thing that's not him the one time he wasn't being a monster is when you like end the movie
1: on it exactly and it's just very, it just speaks i think i didn't realize that the arc of this series was he is into this BDSM stuff and she does not want to do that but she's into him and like, I'll, I, that's a really horrible way that's like really fucking horrible
0: but also you know it's funny why is she into him they've met for maybe 5 minutes all that she knows about him is that he's rich. That's really it. And, I mean, he's handsome. He's very good looking.
1: He's very handsome. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot. I, I also, here, Here's a side note, but uh, on the subject of Jamie Dornan, he has a very kind face and he smiles a lot. And I had trouble believing him as this, like, stern and steely, like, messed up BDSM guy. And I think he's a fantastic actor, by the way. That's not a dig on him. He's just, like, I just don't find him to be very threatening. He's yeah. just, like, a... Entity, so like I'm just like oh look at him, he's a sad little boy. Come on, you can you can get in that playroom. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, secretary, yeah, secretary. What a good movie. Good movie. I love uh, how- so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very very quick plot. It's just Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, she gets out of a uh, an a, what's her institution. It's not like an asylum, but like uh, um, yeah, I think definitely mental she's health facility.
0: Institutionalized, yeah, she's in an institution. She's yeah, in so some she sort of like up, live was, in some sort of like live in medical care for mental mental health.
1: Right, and she has been cutting. She's been doing uh, self harm, and and she messed up and it read as a suicide attempt, which is what got her into uh, the institution. She gets out. She gets a job with uh, working as a secretary for. James Spader's character, whose name also happens to be, last name also happens to be Grey, which is very funny. Was that, a, uh,
0: is, do we know if that's on purpose? Like, did she, there's no way, she, there's no way she saw this movie, right? Like, there's no, no there's I, no I way she did so. even the smallest amount of research into, <laughs> into SM.
1: I think it's just a weird coincidence. That's funny. Um, anyway, so they sort of. Over the course of her work for him that they kind of develop this BDSM relationship and it becomes a sort of push pull because I think she gets very fulfilled by it, whereas he is more uh, he feels a lot of self doubt and self hatred about it. Mm-hmm. I, I it I read that as sort of coming from his last relationship, but it it's a little unclear.
0: Well oh or it's very subtle. But he was in an S and M relationship
1: before that. Right. Right they do it imp- well, because so the, that's like the wife says submissive situ- to her like right. but she's kind of like um dismissive when she says it. and then whenever you know James spader like they get too far into their relationship, he always does this whole I am so horrible, I'm so gross. I'm a monster like he's very has a lot of hatred about himself specifically because of this. I interpreted that as you know it was something he'd tried with his ex-wife and she had perhaps like not. Oh, you know, like actually no bothered him
0: about it I think no I think she was into it cuz remember when she's sitting at his desk for 3 days she says the worm was brilliant
1: Oh yeah she said well she says something like you know I can not uh, he let him uh I let him slip through my fingers
0: but no but then she says like it, it the gets, the worm was a brilliant touch or something she like specifically mentions right. that that was smart so I think she is into it Yeah
1: It's I I guess I had a different read cuz otherwise where is the self-hatred coming from and where why did the I mean, you could have that, why did so. his relationship with uh like, did his rel- Did he just have this from the start, and was it just that the ex-wife was not, was like couldn't be emotionally supportive, in the way that Maggie Gyllenhaal was? I, to me, I don't know. I had, I guess, I had a different read on it.
0: I guess, I mean, I think it's like I, I guess, I didn't necessarily conflate their relationship ending with um, the S and was like, maybe they mm-hmm. just got divorced for any number of reasons. I didn't necessarily think the S and M caused their divorce, but I thought that they had a S and M relationship. In that marriage, yeah.
1: Uh, so he's he feels a lot of self doubt about it, and they kind of, I mean, they it it's it's a good movie. They they it ends up happy. <laughs> they work it out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean the the I mean this is the actual spoilers for the movie. Like in the end, he um he rejects her. Wait, what 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 is the lead up to him rejecting her and like having her? Oh, he fires her because he's ashamed, and then she right, comes. She
1: shows up at his house, and then um. After that, I think he fires her because he's so ashamed of everything. Well, doesn't he
0: fire her? Does he fire her after he jerks off on her?
1: I think, yeah, I think it's they it's like, okay, yeah, so it's he shows, she shows up at his house and then he kind of pulls away mm-hmm. and then they have that where they, that happens. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he fires her because he's so ashamed.
0: Right. And then she yeah. goes off on her own and marries that, marries that, I, I don't know the actor's name, but I've seen him in other stuff.
1: Uh, Jeremy Davies he's gr- he's great he's like a such a classic like 90s character actor yeah, he's really good um it, he's a what's his name um Opum from same private ryan the, the, oh. the eyes in character
0: right he's the one that uh like kind of doesn't he like let somebody else get
1: stabbed Right, he's like reporting on them on the story, and yeah, there's the scene, same private ride, where he's like around the corner while someone's getting stabbed, and he like can't, like, yeah. he's like too
0: scared. Yeah, and you like hate, yeah. hate him in that moment, even though, like, that's his yeah. reasonable reaction. Um, yeah, so war scary. Yeah, war is not yeah. great. I don't think I'd do well in it.
1: No, 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 not at all.
0: I don't know. Maybe I'd do okay. Uh, I don't know. Although, based on our experience in paintball, if I went to war, I would just like. Freak out, run out, get like two guys, then die really badly.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, or just like kind of run around, sit. I mean, the really the realistic war parts of paintball. It's mostly just sitting around in the heat, and then it's a lot of waiting around, and then very fast terror, and then you die. Yeah, seems to be that. That's how it goes.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, oh, they it, end
1: up together it's very sweet
0: well yeah no, and then she, she comes back after she like runs out of her wedding and she goes to him and he set, tells her to sit at his desk and she sits there for three days and at the end of three days uh, he comes back and picks her up and they get married and they actually have like a nice little like kind of denouement where they actually show them as being married which is really nice because like, I kind of yeah. I didn't really remember that part. I expected them to just cut to black after he picks her up and brings her back in. And it's kind of nice just to see the
1: happy ending. Yeah, it was it was really sweet. And it was just kind of like, especially because it felt to me like one of the themes of the movie was this very 90s, although the movie came out a little after that, but very 90s style, like quirky takedown of like suburbia, of like happy, you know, of the nuclear family, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the, in the filmmaking, it, it reminded me a little bit of like, but a mature a cheerleader and kind of the aesthetic or, uh, um, sweetie, the Jane Campion movie, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of really lovely to see them have their own kind of version of that, you know, not like twisted, but their own, you know, sexy dom sub, like we're, we're a little different and that's okay. Like domestic bliss, you know? Yeah.
0: And it was kind of interesting to see somebody like really kind of, Back their way into being a housewife, but in a way that felt like totally fulfilling for them, right? Like, I like, yeah. I, I feel like often in movies, I see somebody like you're like, oh, it's not like she had this like crazy career as a secretary. That she's like giving up. It's like, oh, this is actually a very healthy life for her. This is great.
1: Yeah, she feels supportive. She's supporting him. Like, it really worked out. Yeah, yeah, because they eventually learned to communicate and were good to each other and understood boundaries and consent. Yeah. Well, it it took them a while, but they did. (laughs) They did figure it out. Right, But, like, they – and I think this speaks to why it works better because, like, they're just, like – it's, like, a small-town lawyer and just a secretary. Like, she has to buy a bunch of books about, you know, about bondage and BDS and, like, learn the rules. And I don't think – they just kind of have to figure it out.
0: Well, that was the other thing is that, like, her having the book on tape. And, like, it just showed that she was interested in it. Like, she wanted to be part of this, and she was an active participant. Uh, yeah,
1: and there's a couple different times where she actually, like, shows good BDSM etiquette in the movie where they're in the middle of kind of what she thinks is a scene, and she says time out, Like, she's calling a safe word and getting out. Yeah. and Yeah, although in that, in that moment, he didn't realize they were doing a scene. He thought he was just firing her, which is kind of weird, with dark, but funny. Yeah, well, and also, uh, like, the
0: timeout's funny because it's, like, Although at this point she must know what a safe word is, but she it's kind of like she doesn't really. Well, I guess they've never been able to talk about this openly enough to have a safe word. But it's like she right. she wants the safe she wants a safe word, but they don't have one, so she's trying to like just like say something to get one. She's trying to right, like, just exactly. like ask ask for that moment.
1: Yeah, and the other uh, moment I I noted that was like felt very positive to me was um, when she's sitting at his desk. You know? Yeah. Like when she's actually sitting there when she made him do when he made her do that, they ask her, like, why won't you move your hands? And she says, Because I don't want to. Oh, and yeah. I think that actually does speak to the the healthy ways in which like the sub the submissive in those relationships should have all the power, as in that they like they're the ones who set their own boundaries mm-hmm. and like it's not just like shitty abusive people preying on, you know, people like it is in Fifty Shades. Yeah. It's just really like a very It's little things like that show that it feels like this. The the creators of Secretary really did the work to try and make it make it to be end up at a healthy relationship.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because like on paper it does portray like the less sophisticated like S and M relationship because I don't know they don't have the playroom, they don't have the contract, they don't have all the stuff. and They often like kind of fuck up at it and they don't talk to each other. But it's all like they're learning how to do it. It's not that they're deliberately like not doing these things in order to coerce each other
1: exactly yeah uh speaking of the the filmmakers behind secretary secretary was written by aaron crested wilson and directed by steven Shaneberg. 50 sheets of gray was written by kelly marcel directed by sam taylor johnson how about a little actor talk let's do it uh matt let's start with secretary so we can say some nice things and work our way down to being mean how's or, yeah. or rightfully mean.
0: <laughs> james spader is uh good. he's great yeah it's, I mean, I feel like this is, like, my biggest takeaway from this movie, so I've said it a couple times. It's just, like, this is a movie about people who are unable to, like, say what they're thinking at any given moment, and that is the hardest... It, I mean, I'm not an actor, but it seems so hard to portray that, and it's so... It, there's so many movies... And it is the thing that a lot of movies try to portray a lot, and it is, like, often to, like, not very much success because it's so hard to show people just, like, thinking and or, and, or not saying what they think, and this movie does it really well, and these actors are doing it really well.
1: Oh, yeah. They really do the groundwork of setting up who these people are so that when they go into a scene together, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader, it's very... Um, like, they can do so much with so... they it, it frees them to act as subtly as they are because you understand the characters, and they're both doing such a great job. Uh, James Spader also, he's very funny in this movie. Like Yeah. This movie is like... I I would say Secretary is pretty serious in a lot of parts, but I think James Bader's has this kind of glibness to him that is played really well here. Mm-hmm. And then Maggie Gyllenhaal, great. Oh yeah, Mike. fantastic. One of her earlier roles, I think. Yeah, yeah. She's in. I mean, she's in uh, Donnie Darko for like. Oh you know, right. Like two seconds. where she tells him to suck yeah. a fuck. Great line. Right. Yeah. She's great. Great yeah. line.
0: Oh no. It's, you know, uh, it's how exactly does one suck a fuck? Is her line.
1: <laughs> And then with that, she came roaring onto the scene. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> she uh, is undeniable. In all seriousness, she's fantastic in this movie, uh, and she's fantastic in general. Um, although I think she's mostly wants to be focused on writing and directing now, which is, I mean, I, if, I don't know if you've seen The Lost Order, but it's pretty fantastic. I, really, I heard it was good. Starring oh, Dakota Johnson in that, and I guess we could pivot to her, but I want I to stay focused on Secretary, because okay. more good things to say. <laughs> because it's good. uh Ger- because it's good. That's the thing we want to talk about. Uh, Jeremy Davies, great '90s character actor, still do still around doing stuff. Uh, as as her like kind of boring other possible love interest. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh he's... Leslie
1: Ann Warren. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, who's Leslie Ann Warren? Uh, her mom. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Oh, and one last, just sort of interesting. Uh, her sister, Maggie John Hall's sister's like new husband. Uh, Is Oz Perkins, who is Anthony Perkins' uh, son and now directs horror movies. I thought that was kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. He he looks a lot like Anthony Perkins. (laughs) And then moving right on over to the other movie.
0: Mm hmm. That Uh, that will not be named.
1: (laughs) Right. It's funny. There are a lot of other actors in this movie, but like it really is the Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan show.
0: I mean, yeah, apart from her roommate, her roommate is like the other biggest character.
1: And she's not even that much. And then there's the mom who's in like nothing. Right. Yeah. Marsha Gay Harden shows up. Yeah. And as uh, Christian's mom, and she's just kind of, it's, it's, she's, I I like Marsha Gay Harden a lot as an actress. I think she's doing a good job. I think that it's really not much there. No, you know, she kind of flies in and out. And I don't know, like like I said, Jamie Dornan is just too kind of face for me to think he's like, a (laughs) like a, like a sexy BDSM guy. Yeah. I guess he's not doing a,
0: terrible job here as an actor which would just could somebody else have like sold this better i don't know it would just require like the whole movie to be completely different
1: right exactly like they may have sold this better but like it's it's maybe to the movie's credit that jamie dornan has a kind face and is more likable because like if you did hire like you know blondie mcblonderson who was just like super bland and studly, then maybe this would be even more problematic and uncomfortable. Maybe. Like maybe Jamie Cornyn's kindness is what saves this movie at all.
0: Can you imagine if like James Spader and like <laughs> James Spader was, <laughs> James Spader. was him? Like
1: people would re- reject it immediately. Uh, what happened was they cast Charlie Hunnam originally. I mean, I like, uh, I like Charlie Hunnam, but for some reason I, I don't understand why, but the fans like revolted Why? Uh, and they were like, not my, not my Christian was like trending for a while. It was like this whole really? thing.
0: I kind of remember this. Oh, because I I, I didn't know enough to say why. uh, I think when I was working at a management company, I think one of our actors like was very briefly in the mix, but like not really. Yeah, because there was a lot of back and forth about about him. I don't know. Like, what's different? What's different from Charlie Hunnam from Jamie Dornan?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, Charlie Hunnam's blonde is really the only thing I can think of, and is, if that's a huge deal, I guess. But Charlie Hunnam's good actor. Jamie Dornan also good actor. Yeah, I both think good tra- looking I think both tra- in great shape. I think Charlie Hunnam's like maybe a better comedic actor. That's I funny. I know him more from. Oh, uh, oh um, I mean, like, like I thought he was really great in The Lost City of Zed. I feel like Hunnam's sort of often been kind of been typecast in these very like. I know he wasn't in Tron. The Neutron, but like that kind of stuff, oh, you know, like Pacific Rim, he's sort of been like just the handsome guy in the middle of stuff for a while.
0: Yeah. It's funny because my favorite Charlie Hunnam role is him in Undeclared. He's really good in that. It's um, it's a Judd Apatow TV show set in like a community call it. It's kind of like, oh, it's kind of like Freaks and Geeks and call it.
1: I mean, th- it, we talked about this with the Daniel Craig stuff. A lot of the time, these like insanely good looking guys are really, really great at Comedy, just because they can kind of play against that. Like Jamie Dornan in, in *Barb and Star* go to Vista Del Mar is another somewhat relevant example of that. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking funny in that.
0: Yeah, it's just. I mean, I guess because like so much comedy is just like the unexpected, and it's you don't expect somebody that handsome to be funny or to be goofy.
1: Yeah, I think you know. In order, you got John Hamm's at the top of that.
0: Yeah, you know, hundred percent, and Justin
1: Timberlake and a can, bit, a bit, but I feel like at this point he's never. Like it's not like he's ever been like. The like a leading man type uh, of that degree, like he hasn't like anchored a very serious, true, you know, very stoic performance. In a w- weird way, he kind of sort of tried to do some of that, but then very quickly became like, okay, being funny and charming is much more what I want to be doing.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I guess I'm thinking of him in terms of music, where he was like Justin Timberlake, like future sex love sounds versus uh, like Mother Lover,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is it. That is a turn. <laughs> it's funny, I guess because I never was super into Justin Timberlake's solo stuff, not anything against him, it's just when I was a kid I was really into NSYNC and then I was like, well, that was dumb, why did I like that? And then I just kind of stopped, just kind of wrote those guys off forever. Um, But really, I kind of rediscovered Justin Timberlake as SNL guy.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think that's my favorite version of him.
1: Yeah, he should just be a cast member on SNL.
0: Yeah, I mean, to get yeah back back to SNL talk, which is our our zone, really. Um, yeah, I think just like John Hamm, Justin Timberlake, they should be they should just be SNL people at this point.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I would love. I mean, I know that would be bad for like the you know forty comedians who are currently running SNL, but they just did like an all star season, just bringing all the like Paul Rudd, John Mulaney, you know, John Hamm. Yeah. Justin Timberlake, just those four guys, really. <laughs> just a four person cast, that's all we did. Yeah, it'd be a really aggressive, <laughs> really aggressive. Uh, they'd have to learn a lot of skits each. Yeah. I think that would probably be good uh, for us now. So here's a let's talk about uh, Anastasia Steele. Oh, what a porn name. What a name of
0: a porn performer. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, what's funny funny.
1: is that, like, the uh, shortened version, that is uh, Nastia Steele. Luckily, she goes by Anna mostly in the movie. But, yeah, like, the opening of the movie where she, like, steps out of the elevator, she's like, Hi, I'm Anastasia Steele. And And I'm just like, no, you're fucking not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what movie we're in. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, this movie should be over in about four minutes. She... Is kind of a dick to Christian in their first interview. Right. And she's a bad interviewer.
0: Right. And then she asked him if he's gay, which is uh, a stupid that her friend. Wait. Okay. So I was like, I thought that was just like some (laughs) liner notes that her friend added. I was like, well, that's like, whatever. And then I'm like, that's idiotic of you to read that because it was just like a note. And then later on, she's like, no, I was going to ask him that because you have to ask questions like that. I'm like, you got, you were a terrible journalist, not only because you had your friend sub in on you for an interview, but because you thought that was appropriate.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I thought she was playing a prank on her friend by putting that that yeah. that question in there. But no, she just is bad. But, but but also in her defense, she's like a college student, like and it's a puff piece for the alumni. Like it, uh, it's not like she's like uh you know like a crack investigative reporter. Yeah, which also makes it equally dumb that Anastasia is so intent on like talking like like trying to talk shit to Christian in front of him. It's like you're doing your friend a favor. Right. You just need to get a few pull quotes so you can write, like, a really easy puff piece just so the alumni can, like, look at the, his picture on the cover and then throw, immediately throw out their alumni magazine yeah. because that's what everybody does. Right, exactly. Like, just chill. Like, move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, oh, what the fuck? I hate
0: – every single part of this movie is so dumb.
1: <laughs> it it really and, – and I I feel like I often went back and forth on who I hated more, Christian or – Or Anastasia.
0: I mean, I found, I think in the absence of Christian, Anastasia would be like the worst person in a movie, but he is an actual abusive, like, cretin, so I kind of just had to give it to him.
1: That's fair. I mean, she's a moron,
0: but she's not, like, predatory.
1: Right. I just found her extraordinarily frustrating how... she? It's like she couldn't decide what she was like what in what degree she was in all this you know especially before you get to the second half where christian's especially very inconsistent love bombing and and bat and like Mm -hmm. stalking her yeah like in the early part where he's just kind of like here's what i want and she's just like oh this is so great and then suddenly she's like oh my god this is so horrible kind of switching on a dime there you know
0: yeah i mean what this movie was really missing was them falling in love at all even if it was a fake love (laughs) Cause they just they have they meet for like two seconds and then all of a sudden he's like showing her to his S and M room, and it's like, right. yeah. If you found somebody on like a forum or a you know whatever a, how, whatever sort of dating app, if you found somebody on like a specialized dating app and you're like, oh, here's my like S room. They'd be like, oh, cool. I'm also into this. That 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 that's when that works. But not just like a random or like a normal like a normie, especially a virgin who's never done anything. It's just gonna like run into the street, and that's also like right. And if he was trying to do, like, a really good job of, like, entrapping her in this, he would do more love bombing, you know? Like, he right. would take her out to dinner more and have more of a, quote-unquote, normal relationship before he sprung all this shit on her.
1: Right. He's not only uh, an abusive con man, but he's bad at it yeah. as well.
0: This movie's not even, like, doing a good job of depicting abuse.
1: And to because, like I said, I think there's, like, a good run. I think the uh, credit where too, due, I think the, the negotiation scene over the contract is is generally a great scene. It's really funny and like kind of like romantic how they're like, kind of like communicating and talking with each other and like joking and stuff. And like, that's the only time in the movie where it felt like it was watching two human beings who actually had feelings for one another.
0: Yeah, Which it's true, which it's funny. Cause like my reaction during that scene was like, it would be impossible to read the contract in this exceptionally dim lighting, but it was, <laughs> it was like a cool scene.
1: Yeah. I like the light. Yeah. Like that's when I think the movie worked. Cause like, yeah, like, yeah, you couldn't be able to read shit in that room. It's dark, but, like, it's, like, sexy, cool lighting. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I don't mind a movie being heightened and silly in that moment because it should be a heightened and silly. It's Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, that's kind of yeah, I a agree. good zone.
0: I agree with you. She could have, like, one of those little kind of
1: head- – she could have, like, a headlamp. Right. <laughs> that could be a fetish. We don't know. Yeah, it probably is. Spelunking. <laughs> God, they're, like, going through the contract. It's like, no on this, no on that. Spelunking. <laughs>
0: Say, so, would you be turned on if I told you you were already doing it?
1: Like, the other scene that kind of I thought was fun was where she, like, she gets drunk and crashes at his house, and, by the way, very problematic that he's, like, you're drinking as if, like, it's, like, this horrible moral fail. Oh, like yeah, he's super fucking like this- weird
0: about that, too.
1: Yeah, that's actually pretty bad and controlling. That was the early part where I was like, this guy fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, But, like, she's sitting in his bed and eating her toes, and he kind of, like, crawls onto bed and, like, bites, eats a piece of toast from her. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, like, That's kind of weird, but like kind of fun. Yeah. And like it felt like sort of like, it felt like something that was not like, look how fucking Christian Gray I am, but more like, this could be kind of a kooky and controlling relationship in a fun way. And I was like, okay, maybe this movie's kind of has a little kickiness to it. And then immediately it just, you know, it does all the things that we said. Yeah. I mean, the other thing
0: is that, so from what I like, the article I read, it's just that having like a 24-7 relationship like that is ex- extremely rare. And it, there's yeah. usually... You, I mean, I guess it's not 24-7 because she gets to, like, go home a-, a bit. So, But it's, like, extremely rare. Normally, you would have, like... Much like in real life, you're not in a, like, sexual... if you're, with your like, girlfriend or significant other or, or boyfriend or whatever, you're not 100% doing sex stuff with each other all the time. There are times when you're, like, just going to, you know, the mall or something. <laughs> right, yeah. And you're not playing little <laughs> sexy games with them all day, every day. In the same way that, like... <laughs> As people, they also just like have a relationship.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, well that's what I think well that's especially what I think the movie like really does. It's it that's why it sucks so much. And what something I saw from like, you know, some articles I read why BDSM people were like so upset by it, that like it the movie is kind of presenting itself as like this is what all you know like all of this kind of like kinky BDSM lifestyle is like. But it's like you said, it's really a very incredibly small subsection of people who Have a uh, dom sub relationship that goes outside the bedroom at all. Yeah. And here's one where it's nearly all life encompassing. Yeah. You know? Which is nuts.
0: uh, Not nuts. Like, there are people who do this in a healthy way. It's fine. But, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. They talk about it. They negotiate. They're, like, respectful to themselves and each other. And, like, but the fact that this is, like, this movie seems to be positing that this is both the norm and it's also, like, so messed up. It's, like, sort of, like, setting itself up to. Scold BDSM people.
0: I mean, it's kind of a moral panic. It's weird that it's like this moral panic movie. It's also kind of like, <clears throat> I don't know, trying to kind of make it like alluring and like I don't know. It's trying to be, it's trying to be sexy, but also like a moral panic about it.
1: I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's very kind of old school. I don't school. know how to square that circle. Yeah, because it, yeah, it's def, it is a piece of erotica, and it, the point of it is to like to titillate people. But it's constantly scolding the audience, basically. Like, the movie is mostly Anastasia scolding Christian for liking this stuff. And therefore, like, what are you doing? Like, I thought that's what it's like if if in every Marvel movie after an action scene, there was a character who showed up and said, like, I can't believe you had an action scene.
0: Yeah. Like, it's why I'm here. Yeah, it's weird because it, like, wants to titillate people, but then it wants them to continue to feel bad about it rather than, like, accept it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's it's somehow found a way to both let people enjoy like the hot kinky sex and also feel superior to people who actually do that. Yeah. It's it's honestly kind of a brilliant little piece of moral fuckery there.
0: I mean, it's kind of it's like what I've said about like the most successful like movies are the ones that make dumb people feel smart and this is this is like a movie where it makes fucking square people feel like they're sexy and like sexy and racy or whatever and titillating, yeah, it makes boring right. people feel interesting,
1: but then at the end of it, it lets them be like, "Don't worry, you're still boring, yeah, because she's leaving this
0: room <laughs> it's basically let's be bad the movie right.
1: <laughs> Right, it's oh my god! It's five five o'clock, and I'm still having wine. The movie. I'm gonna have a third mimosa. I'm so bad. The movie. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> uh, so something weird I noticed in Fifty Shades of Grey, especially early on, it, the movie kind of seems somewhat astute about depicting like the ways in which men can be can creep on women and be kind of not respecting their boundaries. Uh, you know, you have her friend who has a crush on her who, c- who comes on to her at the bar and like doesn't take no for an answer.
0: Oh, right. Um, yeah, I have a video. I, I was testing out mystery science theater in a movie, so I just have a video of me cringing as hard as a person has ever cringed at the part where he kisses her. I found it so deeply upsetting.
1: And then there's even a small, a much smaller kind of microaggression moment where she's bagging Christian's uh, hardware supplies. Hell yeah, she's bagging uh, his uh, hardware. <laughs> Which is honestly a a funny scene, but also is sort of wrapped up in the whole like, you know, Christian gray acting like he's Batman for liking sex.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. That was actually another thing I saw where it's like all the, all the shit that he buys from the hardware store would be horrible for using in sex. Cause like you don't use regular rope. It would just burn the shit out of you. You don't use like zip ties or whatever. And like a couple other things. It was all just like the wrong way to do it.
1: Yeah. And also like, why are you just swinging? But I guess he's just, Part of his, you know, the con he's running on. He just on. wants to
0: see her. Anastasia.
1: Yeah, yeah but, like, I mean, what, what is the point of that playroom if you don't have restraints? Yep. I,
0: I, yep. I guess the actual answer is that he's just going there to buy some stuff. Like, to, as, like, right. a decoy. they are decoy purchases. He but might yeah, as well just buy like, like, a chapstick or, like... Or, like, when you go to the hardware store and they have M&M's for some reason, you're like, I don't know. Like, I, even if I want M&M's right now, this seems like the wrong place to buy
1: them. <laughs> Uh, right, so the scene where there's the bagger who, while she's checking out, like, he kind of comes up behind Anastasia and is sort of, like, almost like a mean-mugging Christian a little bit, like, yeah. kind of, like, getting in the way. Um, and it felt like the movie was kind of smart at depicting that and showing Christian kind of respecting her sh- boundaries a little bit more. I thought where it was going was showing how even though you had a dom-sub relationship may seem intense from the outside, there's actually more res- – There you can be more respecting boundaries in there than – some of the toxic elements of, of you know, of other life, right? But then it doesn't do that because Christian is, you know, abusive and stalking and controlling and all those all other things. Mm-hmm. It's like the movie like shows you that it's smart and then intentionally does the dumb thing. Yeah,
0: let's talk about Secretary because we haven't talked about Secretary. Yeah. This is one of those tough things where like, I feel like we end up talking about a movie less when we like it because we're like,
1: oh yeah, you know, we all like this. We all like Secretary. What's there to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. There's a thousand ways to talk about how garbage Fifty Shades is. But then when you gets to Secretary, it's like, yeah, it's good. All the things are good. Yeah. It's a good movie.
0: Yeah. So the ending of Secretary, this like really incredible ending sequence where she's sitting at his desk. She has to put her like, elbows on the desk, feet on the floor until he comes back, which she doesn't know how long it's going to be. It ends up being around three days, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One really interesting aspect of it is that it kind of becomes like a weird news story. And like other people right. come, like her family shows up, but then other random people show up, and then reporters show up, and then there's a crowd outside of the, her, his office. And I yeah. remember seeing it's, online, online people online it said that people thought it was some sort of protest, like a hunger protest. But like, yeah, does it, it says that in the I must say that in the movie at some point. I just like missed it.
1: It does, yeah, yeah. The the reporter like it's like a very quick throwaway line with the local news reporters. Like we're here at day whatever of the her hunger strike or whatever. Like, um. It's like very quick. It's like kind of blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. Yeah.
0: It's funny that they did not try to, you know, investigate what the strike was about.
1: (laughs) It's funny because it's funny that it becomes a big news thing. But like, and I get you want to escalate for the final. Like, that's the one part of the movie where I was like, this is a little silly. Yeah. It's like fun. And I don't, it's not a big knock on it. But like, it it does sort of go against the the charming smaller scale of the movie up until then.
0: Yeah. It is like, it feels like almost like magical realism or something where it just becomes this like bigger thing that is kind of unrealistic. Maybe not ma- maybe yeah. magical realism is the wrong word, but it's just like, it's like crazy hiding that doesn't feel like the rest of the tone of the
1: movie. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Um, and so here's, so here's a question for you. I, I, I liked the ending more this time around than the first time I saw it. Cause the first time I saw it, I kind of wondered, okay, why is her doing this? The thing that like solves the problem of their communication. And I feel like I have a better handle on it now, but I'm, I'm just curious about what you think of that. Of you know, her sitting there for three days, being the the solve basically.
0: I mean, it's funny because it didn't bother me at all the first time, and then the second time, I think I was like a little just because I had seen it before. I was a little less like um, <clears throat> a little less like enamored with it, but I think I guess it's because like he just needs enough time to think and like understand that there's somebody who cares about him enough to accept him. He just needs, Mm -hmm. he just needs like that. He needs like extremely concrete proof or he's just being kind of a wimp about it. And it takes him that long to accept it.
1: It's at, I think the first time I saw it, it was the, he's being a wimp about it was sort of my, my take, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think was less compelling, but you know, this time around it felt a lot more, you know, he needed her, him making her do that is sort of him being like, this is like the craziest thing I can think of. Like, are you going to be the person who's not going to run away from me? Cause he has this like self hatred. Yeah. And for her, I think a lot of her arc was kind of, it really felt like she was like looking for just sort of like a place to be in the world. And like doing that sort of helped to give her a purpose. And it was something that she felt like being the submissive was also something that like gave her, more of an identity and something that she was really fulfilled by. So it was kind of both of them sort of meeting in the middle. Yeah, in like, a weird way.
0: Yeah, it's like she found the thing that she is talented at, basically. Like,
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh Speaking of, I really like the montage of their when they first start doing the S and M stuff. Yeah, the horse, uh, like the horse,
0: and the, they get pretty into it. Like the the horse is a really inventive. a wild part.
1: Yeah. Or, like, her, like, stapling all the, the files and stuff while wearing, like, a one of those, like, bar restraints.
0: The bar, that was, because um, that's the opening scene in the movie, too. And it's just, like, a really, I mean, it visually looks very cool. Yeah. It's just, like, a nice uh, shot. just kind of nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, it's somehow both funny and sexy, which is, like, a, a, a tough overlap yeah. to do.
0: And it's funny because um, to compare it to Fifty Shades of Grey, it's, like, they understand how these power dynamic, these little power dynamic games can happen without just like literal pain all the time, right? It's more about like humiliation and, or is, or it can be about humiliation. It can be about just like
1: just making subservience and domination.
0: Yeah, yeah, like dominating somebody, making somebody do something that is difficult <laughs> for the sake of it to to prove their love for you, basically.
1: Right. Whereas in Fifty Shades, you can never. It never seems to be making that argument. I don't know. It just sort of seems to be making the argument that, like, he's got all this crazy stuff and he's so messed up because he smacks her bum with a belt, like, twice. And the movie treats that like he's, like, a fucking serial killer. And he he acts like he's a serial killer, to be perfectly fair.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe he would be happier as a serial killer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he would be more self-actualized by just – dropping the pretense of just like, oh, I'm a little naughty to, no, I just kill people. Yeah, no. he should
0: just be a serial killer. Like, he's just, he's really doing everybody a disservice by pretending that he likes, he's, he's just like a serial, he's like a sadist serial killer who's just pretending he likes
1: S&M. Right. and which is not fair to the BDSM community. Yeah, he's appropriating their culture. <laughs> he actually kind of is. That's kind of what's wrong with this movie. It's appropriating BDSM, culture and community in a in a way that's like really shitty and disrespectful and made this problematic thing
0: yeah yeah he is the um, uh he is the coachella girl with the bindi on her head or with the uh with the indian headdress but instead it's um is <laughs> the american site it's the uh, american psycho and he's pretending he's in s now
1: right <laughs> uh all right uh any last thoughts i think we're both i mean we're we're powered on through through you know Plumbing problems and COVID diagnoses. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good to wrap up. Any last thoughts on these movies?
0: I love Secretary. Everyone should watch Secretary. It's great. I don't know. That's it's it's not a complicated message.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. Secretary is awesome. It's a really good. um, I just also really good throwback to the kind of like Sundance, like Ghost World. It was also a kind of a piece tonally. Yeah, this kind of movie. <clears throat> Uh it's it's fun, it's quirky, it's it's sexy, it's very sweet. Um 50 shades. Um like I said, I think it's forty to forty five minutes, genuinely really fun. And I, uh, and I yeah, for me bad. that's
0: a that is a forgiving estimate of that movie, but I'll <laughs> I didn't like it quite as much as you. But um
1: It's also very, very long. It's it's too like long. two hours and ten minutes.
0: Yeah. And also uh Secretary, so Secretary, I also just I love any movie that just shows non traditional relationships that are being healthy like right any sort of non-traditional romantic relationship that is portrayed as being healthy and people even if it's like by the end of the movie you know like because this movie for a lot of it they don't actually have a healthy relationship they have to figure out how to have a healthy relationship but this movie is showing a non-traditional relationship that works and i really appreciate that i like seeing that it's nice
1: agreed uh let's play a game and get out of here all right let's do it what do you got so this is the uh letterboxd List game. What we do, I find a list on Letterboxd that contains one of the movies we're talking about. We're going to play minute and a half on the clock. Catchphrase rules all can right. get uh, Cooper to guess all the, as many movies as he can. Uh, Cooper, I think you're pulling up a timer. Yes. I will put up one minute and 30 seconds. Before we go, the the name of this list is Condemned. Films rated morally offensive by the Catholic Church.
0: Hell Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was just watching this movie called Sweet Movie that I think it was there's like a time period where I was looking at banned movies on it was like a Wikipedia page of banned movies, and it's just like, or it or it's like like a Yugoslavian movie called Sweet Movie that is by the way fucking horrible. Don't watch it because <laughs> it's just disgusting. Okay. Um but it reminded me that sometimes when movies are banned, it's not because they're so good they they get banned. It's just because they're disgusting. Like a lot of times right. in order for somebody to actually get banned, it's just like trying too hard. All right, ready, set, go. Uh,
1: reboot of an old TV show, but it's funny now. Uh, uh, they're cops. They're undercover. Oh, oh
0: 21 Jump uh, Street.
1: Yep. Uh, the sequel to that movie.
0: 22 Jump Street.
1: Really? Uh, the right. se- yep. The right. sequel to a movie about... For the first fast zombie movie that I can think of 20, the sequel. Twenty eight weeks later. Yep. Um uh Vampires in Alaska.
0: Oh uh, fifty days n Thirty Days a uh, Night?
1: Yep. Um uh this guy hasn't had sex and he's kind of Forty old virgin. And that's
0: forty old yep. virgin.
1: Um, it is, uh, he kills people, but he also has a different day job and he's on the spectrum. And this movie came out a few years ago and is not super well remembered, so I might skip this one.
0: Oh, wow. It sounds like Norman Bates or something, but I don't know. No, I don't know. Uh,
1: okay. Um, it is a movie that you watched for the podcast and you hated it so much we didn't do it.
0: Oh, oh, Bad Moms.
1: Yep. Uh, Similar title to the last one except they work at the Santa. person who works at a school. Bad yep. teacher. It's a, yep. Um a movie where people drink a lot of alcohol in a competition in Germany with beer fest We watch this movie. Yep. Yep. Um uh uh, uh uh she's a she's a dancer but she's kind of going crazy and it has to do with birds. Black Swan. Yep. Um Watched on the podcast. Right, that's time. Uh, the lead singer. That's time. Okay. Not bad.
0: <laughs> oh, how many was that?
1: Yeah. That was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. Yeah, that's, Very good. that's
0: pretty, that's like our, uh, event horizon. That's like what we normally get to. Um,
1: yeah. The one you didn't get was the accountant.
0: Oh, I never saw that.
1: Yeah. He's like possible. He's on the autistic spectrum, but he's also like a, uh, assassin. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's all right. Um, some of the other, I mean, I gotta say, uh, um, the weirdest one on here is August Osage County. Oh, why? Which is just why like a banned. family drama. It's like a play. Yeah. I don't know what the Catholic Church had against that one. I
0: feel like a lot of these. It must just sometimes it must just be like one scene. Honestly, with Twenty One yeah. Jump Street, it's probably just them talking about how Jesus has other. Pro- they're talking about Jesus, right? Because they're in a church. Yeah. It might not even yeah. just be that their home base is a church
1: or that they acknowledge a Korean right.
0: church. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that might be the same thing for 22 because they they just acknowledge that they're, they're across the street from the church.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just they really hate Korean Jesus.
1: Yeah. Some of these are obvious why the Catholics hate them, like Bohemian Rhapsody or uh, uh, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, the Catholics; those Catholics don't like the gays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, a lot of goddamn movies on this list. Yeah, that's pretty. Fifty loud. Shades was the one. Oh, okay. By the way, I mean, and that movie should be banned. Um, I think anything with vampires seems to be. There's a lot of vampire movies on here. That's really funny. It's so weird. <laughs> like the Master. I don't know. The, oh, the Master.
0: Yeah. Because it's show. I mean, because it has to do with Scientology.
1: I guess, but you'd think the Catholic Church would be okay with other people ripping on Scientology. Well, I don't know if it's.
0: I think the thing is like I'm not. I, I feel like they have different criteria. It's not necessarily if it's like ripping on it or not. It's just the depiction of it. Oh yeah. So I think it's like I don't know. Not to speak for the Catholic Church, but it seems like just the depiction at all, like the acknowledgement of the existence, is bad enough for them. Like the, with the vampire. Oh,
1: interesting. So there's actually different levels of ratings here. There's O, which is morally offensive. Okay. B for morally objectionable in part for all, and C which were condemned. Ooh. Are they all condemned? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, man, I cannot make any sense of this. But yeah, apparently there's a pretty complex series of ratings for uh. Uh, for the Catholic Church, for f- movies they find morally offensive. That's, I mean, we're really just scratching the surface. That's pretty funny. On that note, I think that's the perfect note to end this episode on. <laughs> yep,
0: I think that was that was a, that was a good good on theme list for this. Thank you, Josh Cooper. What should the people do? You at should home? rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, HBLB Podcast for both, and um, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, and uh, we'll be back next week with some better sound quality for you guys.
1: Yep, we'll we'll, we'll get over the diseases and we'll record and it'll be great. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you. Bye. Bye forever.